When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. Hey there. Welcome to Knife Talk. This is a podcast for knife makers, knife enthusiasts, and DIYers, and anyone who has any interest in the knife making process or whatever. My name's Jeff Fader from Fader Knives. I'm here with Mareko Momasi, Momasi Fire Arts. Craig Lockwood of Chop Knives, and we're here to, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know, how is everybody, it wasn't the greatest introduction, but you know, Entertain fine. and educate. <laughs> it, oh, it's a Mr. Line. Craig, yeah. have you been? I hear you're tired. Very tired. Very, like, I could literally fall asleep if I closed my eyes. It's just been, I don't know, one of those weeks. Um, I think it's fatigue just setting in and being stuck in the house, you know, for so long. And there's no end to it. It is it's just, uh, it's depressing. It's it is depressing. Super depressing. Uh, but um, I mean, work-wise, uh, you know, all good. Um, talked last week about the uh, Kydex Cs. I was, I had to do that this week, so I'm, I made a big dent in that. I didn't start actually until probably late Friday afternoon because I had other stuff going on as well. The actual Kydex stuff was late Friday, um, and I've probably got about twenty, twenty-two left to do. So I've done thirty odd. Um, and yeah, it, it. I don't know what I was worried about really. It's it's quite simple. Just follow a process. And um, the biggest problem I have is I've only got one press. Yeah. So it's just waiting for things to cool down, then take them out, and but you know. Uh, but I did actually follow a, a a trick that I saw you do, Jeff, where you laid out some paper and you marked where the rivets were going to be for each one. Right. Um, that that was a massive help actually. I hadn't thought of doing that, and it just makes things super easy to do each one. So, yeah, I've got about twenty left, and not really so much of a problem. You know, um, if you want to speed up the process, you can just get an air compressor. And then once it's in, you could fire uh-huh. the air compressor, you know, your little hose in between the cheeks. You know? Makes makes I don't sense. Think they're cheeks, but <laughs> between the cheeks, yeah. Um yeah. I, I did have a bit of an accident this week. Um again, oh. just tired and just not setting things up as I should. So I've I've had quite a few orders for box cutters this week, and I think maybe it's because Christmas is coming up, and they could sort of gifts or you know people just opening packages that kind of thing. Um, so I was working on a bunch of them, um, and it's really thin stock. It's like two millimeter stock, which I've had water jet cut out. Um, so when I'm when I'm doing the bevels, um, I have these like super crisp plunge lines. So I always wear, I always use a uh, file guide when I'm doing the bevels with it, and I normally use it like a tool rest, and I've got the tool table set up. Um, and for some reason with these, I don't know why, I, I was doing seven or eight, I think Wednesday, Thursday, I was getting them out, ready to get out in the post. And um, 
I'd, I'd left a massive gap between the table uh. and the and the belt. And you know, I, n- I never do. I'm, I'm normally quite careful. I make sure my my table has got like a groove out of it, so you can put it. So it sort of overlaps the belt each side, so you know to stop anything falling down right. a little gap. And I had I had it round the other way from when I was using it vertically for something else, and um, wasn't concentrating. The the blade fell down that gap, but I still had the uh, the file guide on there, and the file guide actually fell down the gap, but jammed in between the table and the uh, and the belt. So oh, it was shit. stuck there. So you know. I'm just so lucky that my hand didn't go down with it because that would have been stuck in, in between that, that gap. So it was, it was just stupidity, really, of not setting things up and just, yeah, I just need to take my time <laughs> set things up correctly <sighs> rather than just thinking, let's just mm. let's just get these out quickly, you know? So, yeah, I was just really lucky. And the only way actually to – it was firmly stuck. The only way to remove that was to, you know, to take the tool rest, the arm out, so it so would come back. Obviously, the knife was, was you know, completely fucked, but uh, – I was just very lucky that it, that it was only the knife that got stuck down there. But, uh, yeah, it's just a warning to myself, really, I think. You know, take the time to set things up right, really. One of those tool, rests, tool rests scare me. I've yeah. Gotten, I've kind of become not psyched about tool rests. Mm. It's, it's the first time it's happened to me. And, you know, I've heard, you know, horrible stories of people getting their hands stuck down them and all that kind of thing. So I always make sure it's tight up against the belt. There's barely a gap. For some reason, with this one, I was just like, I'll just get on. Well, if you're using combat abrasives, your hand won't get stuck. It'll just chew your fucking hand off. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Which is what it did to this to this knife. It really did. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that was yeah, yeah, yeah. sort of early on in the week, and the rest of the week has just been, I don't know. I've just been super, super tired, unmotivated. Um, and I think I'm just like stressed with it all. Of you know, not being able to leave the house and. It's just, yeah, it's just a lot at the moment. Um, still got a lot of knives in shipping, and they're taking their sweet-ass time to arrive, and it's just, all these little oh, things geez. are just extra stresses, and it's, yeah. oh, oh. <laughs> I, I, you know, you shipping internationally is so fucking weird, P.S. Yeah. I sent something to uh, to owner Kaglar, dies in every film. It got there hmm. in three days. I sent something to Tomer in Spain, and we're now... This fucking thing I sent to him has been in has been in customs for two months. Yeah, yeah, that's oh, the, yeah, what that, the fuck. I'm finding that a lot. Of, what I'm finding is a lot of things that I'm sending out of France. They're getting to Paris to uh, Charles de Gaulle Airport there, and where the customs is, and everything is just. It must be mountains of stuff there because it's just taking forever, and it's it's it's, it's just, it just plays on your mind. You know, you you've got a number of things out there. Um, I had a bunch of orders this week, and you know, and, and they've now been sent, and you're just hoping that they get there quickly. And uh, it's the worst part of my job. I always say that it's mm. just the worst part of of everything I do. Shipping, hate it, absolutely hate it. Yeah. yeah. So that was my week. Um, not much fun this week, really. <laughs> Didn't sound like fun <laughs> at all. <laughs> no, it really hasn't been. But uh, yeah, you know, tomorrow's another day. Yeah. Uh, Morocco, what about you? Good week for you. Yeah, been good. You uh, bastard. We... <laughs> I mean, for the most part, <laughs> we'll see. There's still time to make mistakes. Um, but uh, let's see. So last week, I was hoping we got the cal- we'd get the calendar done. So we did. We got the uh, images and everything over to the printer. We got a proof sitting and waiting for us to pick up on Monday, um, just to double check and make sure all the images and everything look good. Um, so I'm excited to get that up and available to people. Actually, you can pre-order it now. If you go to my website, you can go pre-order it. Oh, cool. Get your calendar now. Um, 
my kid's auction was it ends well we're recording on sunday so it ends this afternoon um and everything's going really well and it's been fun uh so i i put up a couple spoons and some bottle openers um and some kind of like consultation time uh and uh, and my son put up some jokes, so he he's put up to, for our auction. So normally they do this uh, like fundraising auction in person at a country club with a really nice dinner and blah blah blah. Because of COVID, everything's being done online, and so it's all through Zoom. And so it, they're relying a lot more on families contributing. And uh, so his thing was to tell jokes throughout the month. Um, Brilliant. Pick him up, and he has his character. He came up with in everything, and um, and he's at like thirty two dollars. Wow! Which is, he's outperforming a lot of stuff. It's pretty cool. That's <laughs> pretty awesome. funny. So, is it will yeah. it be a video or something? Yeah. So basically, he'll record the video, and then we'll send it on the way uh, over to whoever the winner is. So you um, want to stick him on cameo? That sounds like the kind of thing cameo would be good for. Yeah. That's hilarious. Give Victor to ask the questions. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. His cute little voice. Yeah, that'd be perfect. Um, I got the chisels forged out. That that uh that was a challenge, uh, but it went well. Um, you know the f- it, the first one took a r- a lot longer than I thought it would. Um, but there's just a whole lot of I've I've never forged them before, and I've never seen anybody forge them. So it's a lot of kind of figuring out the order of operations, and figuring out how to hit things just right so that the material moves in the right direction and all that kind of stuff. And uh, the first one went, was slow, but the next two after that came out super quick, and they all came together really well. And I, um, I came up. Uh, let's see, I was cleaning up all the heads, uh, and the chisel, like the actual cutting faces and the heads. And then I keep looking at uh, where the neck kind of transitions down the tang, and trying to figure out what the hell I'm gonna do because normally on my integral chef's knives, I would just grab it by the carbide file guide, and um, on either side of the bolster which has a couple flats and it would clamp on really easily. And I just clean the bottom of it. But these, Hmm. uh, these chisels, it tapers right from that, uh, transition from the bolster to the tang, it tapers down to the neck of the, of the chisel. And so I'm like, uh, I don't know what I'm going to do. And, uh, I had this, uh, crazy idea and it's kind of inspired by some stuff I used to do with, uh, Peter Swarsbert, uh, when I was at Dragon's Breath Forge, we were coming up with all kinds of different funky ways to clean up the bottoms of integral bolsters. Um, but we hadn't done this one where I chucked it into my drill press and disclaimer, I, I do not suggest anybody does this. Uh, it's just what I had to do to make this happen. Um, but anyways, I, don't know if you're, I don't know if your disclaimers are legally binding. I'm no. just saying it. <laughs> I gotta say it. So, anyways, um, yeah, I got I got the chisel chucked in there, and then I was using uh, an angle grinder clamped, strapped down to the table rest of uh, of the drill press. Is that a yawn, Jeff? Was that no? It wasn't me. It was Craig. No, it was me uh, yelping oh. in, in fear. Oh, oh, I thought it was. I was like, "Geez, Craig's bored." How dare no, you sorry, blame Craig. me for right, that? How dare on. you blame me? I'm listening to you. My client, my. T- Cheeks clenched. Nervous. I did see, you sent us a video of this, and when you sent it, I was just like, "Oh my, that's not going to go well." I thought to right. myself. Well, yeah. and I sent that to you guys like a couple days before I posted it on Instagram. Yeah. Um, and so, so it went well though. So I got the angle grinder clamped onto the the table. I have a little stop underneath on kind of like the the post that holds everything, like the drill press and the table up, everything. And uh, I basically I pivot it over. And 
and cut into the bolster as the drill press is turning the the uh, the chisel in the chuck the angle grinders grinding away I'm using a metal cutoff disc uh, not just for meant for metal but it's made out of metal because uh, the woven fiberglass abrasive discs have a tendency to blow up sometimes and it's just mm -hmm. It just happens. Sometimes it's because of your user error. Sometimes it's because it's a flaw in the material. I did not want that happening at a basically like chest or neck height. Um, so I used a, a cutoff disc made out of metal with diamond abrasive on it. Um, and those are great cutoff discs, by the way, in general. <laughs> if, you're, if you're ever concerned about that, they are a little bit more expensive, but they, they last uh, as long as, you know, f four or five cut off of the woven ones um anyways it went well it, it uh it worked i did it on all the chisels and i'm happy to be done with that part of the process and moving on um i did i feel terrible because i posted uh that same kind of teaser that i sent to you guys and then uh, i didn't come back to posting a video until yesterday evening <laughs> like 20 hours later or something oh. like that and i got so i i got a ton of messages of people being like so did you die are you okay what happened <laughs> did you do that thing that i do with like when i do anything electrical i always just say to my wife oh do you mind just knocking on the switch there a second as if it's nothing did you do that to your wife do you, do you mind just knocking on the drill press there a second for me <laughs> no no i kept her out of it she was she was not too excited either when i told her about oh, yeah um what I was doing. I was like, she, you know, uh, we have one vehicle. And so, uh, that day she had it cause she was running errands and she's been helping with this auction thing. And, um, and so she comes and picks me up and she says, uh, she asked, you know, how's your day? And I was like, cool. I almost, you know, I did something really sketchy that possibly could have killed me. And she's yeah, like, I don't want to hear that. Yeah. That's don't not, tell me, that's don't not, tell me about that. I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't back. I wouldn't tell that story. <laughs> I would be like, <laughs> no, yeah, fine, everything's yeah. fine. <laughs> You'll have a suit of armor for Christmas right. now, I bet. Yeah, yeah God. So, but, uh, so it's onward up with those. I got the blade forged out also that matches those blades, uh, those chisels all forged out of the same uh, steel. Um, I got a cool message from actually a, a customer and a, a listener of the show. Um, his name's at uh, Will Miller Bladesmith. He's actually here in Washington, but apparently he got pulled over. And uh, the cop was talking to him and, you know, doing the standard, you know, do you know why I pulled you over and everything. And then uh, he had one of my beanies and was sitting on his passenger seat. And the cop saw it and he was like, he was like, well, what's that? And he start, they start talking knives and all of a sudden the guy is out of a speeding ticket and he's on his way with a warning. Uh, so I thought that was a cute little story I'd share you guys. Oh, nice. Try that one, Jeff, for your ticket. Instead of, <laughs> yeah. instead of schmoozing I, with a sheriff. I got out of a speeding ticket a long time ago. <laughs> from I was watching, uh, I was at a friend's house, and I was just so tired. I wanted to go. <clears throat> I hadn't done any drinking, and I just wanted to get home. We were we were watching a fight, and um, I was driving home. The guy was, you know, didn't have his lights on, and he pulled me over, and he goes, "You know how fast you're going." I'm like, I, "I'm sorry, I just wanted to go. I just wanted to go home. I was I'm tired." And he goes, "Well, what were you doing?" I said, "I was watching a fight." And he goes, well, who fought? And I talk, we started talking about the fight, and he goes, okay, just get home. I was like, I was like, thank God this guy's like a fight fan. And I was like, we were oh, able yeah. to, I was like, yeah, this guy won, this guy lost. And next thing sure. you know, he's just like, okay, just, you know, sometimes it's not easy. Look, no. Sometimes you get lucky. I, uh, growing up, my mom worked as uh, the secretary for the, the Washington State Patrol Dispatch uh, here in the local area. And um, in, 
there were a few tickets, a few opportunities that I got out of <laughs> because uh, I had met all these state patrolmen. I knew who they were. And uh, so they pulled me over and they're like, ah, shit, it's you. Well, what the hell are you doing? Why are you driving so fast or something <laughs> like that? And I'm like, ah, oh, sorry. I was just in a hurry to get home because whatever. And, uh, yeah. Was, How, so you situation. took advantage of, you took advantage of that connection. Uh, I mean, you were it worked, it worked great for me, uh, probably at least three times. <laughs> Three times, yeah. In like how and how long? Well, and I wasn't even the driver every time. I was in the pa I was a oh. passenger at least a couple yeah. of them. And the, the officers talked to the driver, and I was like, "Oh hey!" And I was like, "Say hi That's to good. the driver to the cop," and he's like, "Shit, That's very good." So it's good to know people. There you are. Yeah. yeah. Well, Jeff, how's you, like, you never know. Yeah, exactly. It was an up and down week, ladies and germs. Uh, mm. I. Uh, I got real lucky because I, I had four days in the shop to finish these uh, serrated knives. And then I was hauling ass. I had to go on Friday. I was supposed to go into the city. And then Thursday night, I get a message that I could, it's the, going to the city was canceled. So I got a free day. Friday had an extra day. I was super pumped. It was, so I turned Friday into this Monday. And I was able to kind of you know crank through and get a lot of work done and finish these serrated knives. And they look great. And... I could fine tune the sheaths and uh, clean them up and put in a, a coat of tongue oil and and I was super happy. And it was a Friday and I was I was I started listening to uh, I started listening to the news. There's this one radio station in New York that every Friday they have the mayor of New York on, and I was excited because like how do you f you finish the whole project on a Friday and then it's a, just a great way to end the weekend. And I was excited. I took some pictures. Everything looks good. I'm getting ready. And then the, the mayor of New York broke the news that on Sunday, well, we're recording on Sunday, that they're going to make a decision on whether or not they're going to cancel school for the rest of November. And it was like this total panic breaking news that a pile of people, a pile of New Yorkers aren't, have, you know, jobs. Maybe they have to go somewhere and maybe they don't have the, you know, how do you deal with all these people with, you know, Figuring out whether or not they're going to send their kids to school or not. So yeah. it was just, they got, got young kids too, and they need childcare and all well, the rest of it. Yeah. They, luckily, they were they have this metric in regards to uh, COVID um, infection rate. If they goes above three percent, then they then they'll then they're going to cancel. Or they're just hovering at two point eight. So they're going to make a decision on Sunday, which is like everyone's dreading it. And then mm -hmm. on Friday, they just kind of you know made. Uh, New York State made uh, curfews for uh, restaurants, so restaurants have to close at 10 p.m. And it just got very like I was excited to be all I was excited to be like dealing with finishing off these knives and stuff like that. And I just got depressed. It really I got and I was talking to a lot of friends of mine. And Friday was really like a very very kind of depressing day in regards to what's going on. And I just couldn't I couldn't shake it. And I was talking to my wife, and she's testing more and more people for coronavirus. So we've kind of made ourselves quarantining quarantining in the sense of like we have the the potential of my family being exposed is super high every day mm -hmm. so we're like intentionally not doing anything you know not seeing anybody not even seeing my mother and i'm just like being very conscious of it and it just we got really depressed we got we all got really blue about it but um then my daughter wanted to have pho you know what pho you know what pho is pho. It's a Vietnamese PHO. soup. Vietnamese yeah. soup. Yeah. I made it last night and it fucking turned the tides on our depression because it was noodles and soup and 
crunchy bean, uh, you know, bean sprouts and herbs, and it was like hot stuff, and we're all sweating and we're laughing, and it was like, it was really nice. comfort food is what's gonna is what is unfortunately what's getting us through, uh, you know, the doldrums of what's going on in this world. So yeah, nice. was, uh, I, th- I think it's Vietnamese. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think it is because there's there's a chain of restaurants in the UK called Pho, and it's Vietnamese, you know food but they do the most amazing coffees and they're called vietnamese drippers Ew. which just makes me laugh that's, a, ter- that's a terrible name <laughs> vietnamese drippers vietnamese drippers but they use um condensed milk in it and it makes it really sweet it's beautiful it's the best stuff yeah, super good. into coffee vietnamese. a vietnamese dripper is the way to go super uh, good well that i mean it just shows you that you know sometimes you know we we i never made it before and we just you know it's, it's mostly like toppings and condiments and stuff and mint and cilantro yeah. and limes and chili powder chip, um jalapenos and stuff but it really like it changed our whole outlook and we just started sweating and laughing and telling jokes and stuff like that and it was really like it was a it was a really great way to kind of like break up the you know we Lift don't know. I mean, yeah. I, in our family, we don't know what's going to happen. And it's like people are getting it again. And, you know, you're getting guys like Elon Musk complaining about how testing is. And he's, you know, throwing a monkey wrench and everything. And, and uh, hopefully, hopefully, hopefully they can start to get some rapid testing kits available so people can, you know, be able to self-isolate without having to know, you know? Yeah. I did take a test this week, actually, but not the test to see if I have it, but the test to see if I've, if I've already had it, yeah. so whether I've got antibodies, um, and it came back as negative. So that was, again, is that a good thing or a bad thing? I'm not quite sure. I don't really know the purpose of the test. But um, things here are pretty bad, so everything's shut. I mean, restaurants are shut. They have been for two, three weeks now, completely shut. There's no curfews. It's just literally shut. Um, our little village here, the only thing sort of... Where people can mix here is is like a little bar, and there's a little, tiny little bar here, and obviously that's been closed as well. Um, but they put up a sign yesterday saying that's it, they're closed. They won't be they won't be opening up again, you know. <sighs> and you Rough. know, for a little village like ours, that, that you know, and that plays a big part of the community, you know, and that they won't be for opening sure. up again, you know, indefinitely. Oh, re- indefinitely, not just like exactly. They're, they're closing up shop. Exactly. Yeah, they're, they're completely closing up. Yeah, and I've it's seen like, a lot more of those on Instagram, chefs yeah. and, and cooks posting about places closing and just not going to open back up you know it is there are guys who are trying their best to do everything they can to make things safe like i talk about mark vetri he's in philly and he's this he's a he's become controversial because only because he's considered one of the best italian chefs in the united states and he's a real big philly guy and he's really well known for that and he's you know trying to like keep the restaurant industry going in the united states and he's bought, bought thousands of dollars worth of 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 plexiglass and you know very very important in his their record since they've been open is there haven't been any cases of coronavirus from there from the any of the employees it's very very he's made it very very strict and then there's guys like mm. um daniel balud who, who and uh, uh jean george uh, von richten who made uh who they're, they're making like almost like glass houses outside of their outside on the street they're making like these little chalets individual chalets and these mm. guys are just doing whatever it takes to just to try to keep this thing going and it's just like mm. just feels like it's exhausting it just feels exhausting yeah. Yeah. well difficult i mean yeah. here the, the the french government they've taken a you know a really harsh stance so basically all shops are closed all restaurants all bar every, basically everything is closed 
Um, but there's no end to it, so that they haven't given a date where you know where things will be right again. And it looks as if we're going to be on complete lockdown up, you know, past Christmas. Yikes. So little things, you know, like yeah. getting gifts for for the kids and things like that, you know. And yeah, we can use Amazon, but the the postage is just virtually non-existent as well. It it's just it's just so there's no end to it. That's that's what I'm finding really depressing. They're not saying you know. Come you know d- December fifteenth, everybody can go out shopping. You know it, that's not happening, and it's just. Ugh. Right. <sighs> I would well, say, in reg- I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, you you go ahead. I was just going to say that you know the real the real shitty thing is the fact that this isn't you know you it, it's it's all it's upon us as humans, and the problem yeah. is is I, I unfortunately when if you're fat and you go to the doctor. And then you have diabetes, and the doctor says you have to change your diet. Don't eat this. Don't drink that. Don't do this. You leave the doctor's office, and you still, you know, you don't say, okay, I'm changing my shit. You just keep doing it. We haven't been listening to what the doctors have been telling us forever. I mean, I go to the Mm. dentist. She kicks my ass because I don't floss enough. I know. I know. I should floss. So now you have something that's actually – if you were fat and you had diabetes, and the doctor said if you don't lose weight and you don't start eating this stuff, you're going to make other people fat. And then they're going to die, all die. You still wouldn't fucking do anything about it because <laughs> most people don't fucking listen to the doctors anyway. I'm telling you, it's just like this is this is we're used to not listening to what the doctors tell us. I know I shouldn't I shouldn't eat the hamburger and I shouldn't drink the beer. I know, but I but it's my freedom and I love it. Yeah, th- uh, this is it's going to be this is going to be a sad sad story at the end of all this. No. So well, there you gonna... are, happy news. I was gonna end it with a, a lighter note you were talking about all the pho and around here we have uh, a bunch of restaurants who have some funny names with a play on pho and one of them is like pho kang up in seattle yeah. and there are other ones like that but a, a really a friend of mine had a really great idea for a uh a, a pho cart called the pho cup where they they're just sold in a cup um it's a good that idea. you can carry around and so and the different sizes would be like major fuck up and minor fuck up you That's know a good just different or uh or you know if or special might be you know with special ingredients or something like that would be like the fucking or fucking and and all these di- you know just playing off fu. but I thought there was a Thai place. That's not as funny, England. apparently, as I thought it was. Well, it was funny. <laughs> no, it is, it is, there's, it there's a Thai place in, in England that was that's with uh it's called Fat Fuck with PH. Oh there it goes. So it's P H A T P H U C. So it's Fat Fuck. I, we've been we've heard about Fat Fuck for quite a while. I think that's hilarious. Yeah, I love some of these restaurants and especially like, you know, like the the vans, you know, the mobile food vans and food trucks, some of the names that they come up with. Sure. Um do, do, do you guys in America, do you know, you know, the song Lady in Red? Do you know that sure. song? Yes. Christaberg. But there's, there's, there was one close to us where I used to live back in Wales, and it was called Christaburgers. Which is just made me laugh every time. These people. He spelled it the same way. <laughs> it was just, I don't know. It was so I, shit, it made me laugh every time. I think time. Mark Wahlberg's family has a Wahlburgers up in yeah. Massachusetts somewhere. <laughs> that fuck. Crazy. <laughs> God. Knife Talk is sponsored by Even Heat, the manufacturers of the finest heat treating ovens available. Find your next oven at evenheat-kiln.com. Do the chopper! Do the chopper! And what I can say is, if you're using your Even Heat, 
when you finish, keep the door open and make sure your shop nice and warm. Yeah, especially, especially at the moment where it's so cold. <laughs> yeah. It's been really handy this week. Yeah. Well, and you're in the basement, so, aren't you? Oh wait, no. Sorry, you're upstairs. Now. No, not in the basement. No, it's 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 on the ground floor, but it's yeah, yeah it's uh, it gets pretty. It's getting pretty cold at the moment. Nice. But I've I've got a question for you guys before we before we kick mm, things okay. off. I noticed this week that I've got this like really irrational hatred for buying anything that isn't the product. So any sort of consumables, basically. So there was, I think it was Wednesday this week. I was I working on the on the metal cutting bandsaw and I snapped the blade and I was like, oh. You know, they're quite expensive and they hadn't been on long. And I was like, oh, geez. Later in that day, I was doing something on the woodcutting bandsaw. And on that one, I then bust a blade on that as well. And I was just like, oh, Jesus Christ. And I hate it because every time they snap, I just immediately think of the money, what they cost. <laughs> Not the value that they bring me. I, I just literally think of the cost. And everything is the same, like, even like fuel for the car. I hate it. I I put it in. I was like, "What's this giving me? What's this giving?" You know, I, there's no product at the end of it. But this is what I really hate. So I was I was wondering, what consumables do you hate buying the most? I think. I mean, for me, I think it's. I, I think the things I'm most precious about, which I guess I would translate that I hate having to buy, is a like abrasives, abrasives and mm. and uh, steel. Those those two things I'm super precious about because I just I hate the idea of wasting them in any way by just like accidentally stripping off all the abrasive off a belt or or yeah you know, or whatever or uh, or even when it comes to the steel like you know completely messing up on a pattern and having to set like ten pound bar of Damascus on the side because hmm. it just didn't come out the way i wanted it to or whatever but yeah i think those for me those are probably the two things i'm the most precious at about at least with the steel that's like the product isn't it you know there's like so things like that i don't mind so much but it's, it's always the things that literally that they're nothing to do with the product they help sure. you make the product maybe I but see. like you mentioned belts i, I hate belts then because you've got belts and they're still there Okay, you've used the abrasive, but the, do you know what I mean? The belt is still there, and you end up putting that in the bin, and it's just like putting notes into the bin. I oh, hate it. Really hate it. <laughs> yeah. What have we got, Jeff? I Consumables would, I would say hate. the number one thing that drives me crazy is if you're using a bandsaw blade, especially those porta band blades. And porta mm. bands are awesome because you can get the blades very easy, and they're very, you know, the, you know, the blades are really great for cutting steel. But because they're so short, you get less life out of them than you would if it was a big bandsaw. And yeah. the one thing that drives me crazy is if, you know, you once in a while you, you'll lose one tooth. And then all of a sudden you'll, you'll see, it'll just dunk, strip dunk, the whole dunk. fucking section. And you're just like, <laughs> fuck this goddamn thing. And you can even see how, you can even see it. You can see well, it happening. Like, and, and you're riding just like, the bump. You're, you're riding the bump. Yeah. yeah, you ride the bump in the first, and you ride the bump a little bit. But then all of a sudden it's like... <clears throat> And then when you're riding the bump, you're pushing a little bit harder. And then all yep. of a sudden it's, and he's like, fuck this yeah. goddamn thing. And I got to take it out of the goddamn, <laughs> and I only have two more in the pack. And I got to go get more after lunch. How many yeah. more can I get out of this goddamn thing? I get, I think the bandsaw blades are probably the most frustrating. Yeah. Well, and yeah. you have one of those tables where you have to like, you have to take the whole thing apart to then take the bandsaw yeah. blade out, right? Uh, not, not to, you know, these are not a sponsor of us, but I have the swag stands. I got two of them. Right. They are very good. And 
the one thing is, is they're actually made. They're, it's basically a plasma cut uh, table, and they're made for a specific model of uh, the uh, Milwaukee Porta Band because the, I guess this older, I got a newer model. I go to my guy who sells uh, reconditioned ones. I got a newer model, and I realized there's like a notch inside uh, the Porta Band that actually they, on the swag stand, it connects to that particular notch. So you're not like having to shove up some wood under the handle just to make it, you know, it's not sitting yeah. straight. So I think they're great, but it's like, you're right. You got to like undo it and pull it the fuck out and then undo the goddamn thing. And you got to clean the whole, it's such a production. It's just like, <laughs> that is, that is infuriating. It is infuriating hmm. I, how having to replace those. I made a little table for mine with just two plates and a, like a bit of um, like square tubing um, and just welded it up. And it's super easy because I, I leave the guards off and you off the blades, you know, those covers because they just fill up with crap anyway so i I leave those off so yeah changing the uh the blades quite easy but isn't it weird how like these these consumables i said we see these just as a cost we we don't like see the value that they bring us sure you know it's just like that that there's there's 30 dollars in the bin bang not like oh well that helped me make you know so many hundreds of dollars worth of product it's just it's just Hate hate them. Hate consumables. I mean, you start keeping tally boards everywhere wherever you use. <laughs> you got to not nickel and dime. That's the nickel and diming everything is like is it's the pathway to misery. It's just it is. it's the yeah. worst. But I tell you what, I I the only time the recent most recent time I went to the hospital was because I was fucking with the I had the um I had the uh portaband in a in a in a leg vice and then I had like a clamp holding the trigger. And I mm. didn't have a plate. I was just using uh, the the existing one. And I fucking, I was trying to make this bandsaw blade go as fast as, you know, I was trying to get as most out of the blade as possible. I was pushing too hard. And, it, 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 and I fucking touched my finger on it. And I ended up going halfway through my finger. And I ended up having to the hospital. So oh. it's like, that was years ago. But it was like, and I was also, you know, I was exhausted. It was, uh, whatever. But it was like. You know, that's the fucking worst. I mean, there's yeah. nothing mm. worse than that. And then, you know, nickel and diming your belts to see how far you can get on a belt is like, it doesn't fucking pay. No. It doesn't pay. No. Never pays. They're going to get hot and they're going to get, yeah, they just won't work. Whilst we're talking about belts, there's only one belt manufacturer you really need to know about. Combat abrasives make the world's best abrasive belts for knife makers. Available in any size and at unbelievable prices. Go take a look at CombatAbrasives.com and get 15% off with the promo code KNIFETALK15. Do it now! Do it now, 15%. I mentioned last week, should we retire Arnie? And we had a few messages of people saying, don't you dare. Oh, so, yeah, right. Arnie, Arnie lives on. I, uh, <laughs> I, I was last night, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't get to sleep and uh, I was watching The Mandalorian. P.S., great show if you want a little escape a great show and then after that was done i was still not tired so i turned on uh, amazon prime and i started watching um the fucking <laughs> terminator i don't know terminator 5 dark fate with the return of arnold schwarzenegger and um sarah connor Jeez. jesus christ what a shithouse <laughs> <Can imagine. laughs> jesus christ. poor old poor old arnold schwarzenegger is trying to pretend like he's like old terminator and he's moving like a robot he's squinting and he's trying to tell these bullshit jokes <laughs> and just like, 
I like our fucking Jeez. fake Arnold Schwarzenegger better, I think. I think so. Mm. I think so. Okay, let's get to the meat of the uh, of the show. Hey, man, can I ask you a question? This is the part of the show where you help drive the conversation. Uh, if you got questions for us, contact us via DM at Knife Talk on Instagram. It's that easy. Slick. It's that easy, and we will do our best to answer them. <laughs> All a, right, this that was this like first... the Lakers. That was like that was like Magic Johnson right there. You guys gave him the assist. That was a dynamite. Congratulations <laughs> on the both of you. That one. Uh, this first one is from Matt Nielsen. He said, "Hey guys, I recently heard from a very experienced knife maker that dipping knives into water while you're grinding them post heat treatment uh, might be an issue for the blade." He said that the dis- uh, that the discussion centers around the idea that cooling the knife too quickly in bucket of water is bad for the carbide structure. Uh, whether, uh, sorry, neither of us know for sure. What do you think about it? I don't have the patience to wait for the knives to cool naturally, whereas he does. So, what do you guys think about mm-hmm. cooling your blades um, off in buckets of water underneath your uh, underneath your grinder while you're grinding? So he's not talking about messing with the heat treat and the hardness. He's talking more about the, the carbide structure, I, I suppose, the strength. I think he's um, talking I, about the rapid cooling down from... <clears throat> yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got okay. it. Yeah, so I don't know. I've never really given it any thought. I mean, I generally don't get blades that hot anyway. Um, you know, if, if if it's too hot, if it's... If you can hold it, you're not getting hot enough to, you know, to to mess with the, like, the temper of the blade because, you know, it's sort of 200 degrees C or whatever it would be. You're never going to be able to hold the blade at that point anyway. Um, right. But with regards to the, the actual carbide structure, I don't know. Never give it any thought. Really don't know. I mean, I, I wouldn't think that it has any, it's going to do anything to the carbide structure. That sounds like some marketing bullshit somebody got fed somewhere. A long time mm. ago, but a lot of the carbides that exist in the steels that we're using, they like nothing happens to them until you hit almost melting temperatures. So if you're grinding that hot, you got bigger fucking problems, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so I think, yeah, just like just like Craig was saying, I do the same thing. You know, if it's too hot to handle, then dip it in some water to cool it off. But I don't. It's gonna be far below even where we like temper. Um, is usually around, you know, 400 degrees, right? I would be amazed to see how many people could, or I'd be interested to see how many people could hold on to a 200 degree blade. And at 200 mm, degrees, yeah. you know, you're not doing anything to the knife because it's already gone through the tempering process so that if you're staying below whatever temperature you tempered at, say 400 degrees, nothing's happening to that knife, mm. in my in my opinion. Yeah. This seems like a marketing opportunity, so I think we should bottle someone like just tap, not even Evian, just tap water, mm. and call it something like quench water, and like say it. that it'll help with the carbide structure when you're dipping in your. That, I tell you what, there's there's something in this. Mm. Something Get in yourself this. some Vietnamese dippers, pour that yeah. on it. <laughs> That's what we can call it, Viennese d- dipper water. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a bullshit. It, look, I I actually on these thin uh, sandwich knives, I didn't even bother touching you know waiting to see how they felt i just would do two passes and dip in the water because it's so thin i knew that it would get hotter you know it's not as much mass to to heat up so it's like the thinner it is the faster it's going to get hot so i was i was just doing a swipe and dipping in water and doing a swipe and dipping in water and i wasn't even waiting for it to get hot 
Well, and the benefit of having that VFD, you can also pull that speed down so you're not worried about, you know, overheating the blade from friction. Right, right. Oh, yeah, well, that was when I was doing the, the, um, all the serrations. You, the one who showed me, you got to go real slow because you can get, you can get problematic fast. So, yeah, VFD is the move and fresh belts from combat. And don't be cheap. Mm-hmm. Well, well, Dick Blades is the next one. Um, do you have any tips and tricks on time planning? Until Christmas, I planned to make 10 survival knives and four small kitchen knives, but I've had to take two weeks vacation just to work on knives. So seven survival knives should be done. The others I hope to finish on working on weekends. And he says, how do you plan your orders? And how do you know how long they'll take? He says, how much buffer time do you add? Do you add it in most cases? Uh, best wishes from Lithuania. Wowzers. Mm. Um, so planning orders. Um, what do you guys do? I mean, he's, he's not doing you know, huge batches here. Uh, so he's talking seven survival knives. Um, you know, how would you plan that? Yeah, I mean, I, I, don't, I wouldn't plan it so that I was taking vacation time to finish, finish them out. I'd be, I, I would be, I'd be worried about how much he's getting paid for these knives and how much he would have made in that time and and how better spent that time would have been. Um, yeah, I think I think he's just bragging because he's in Lithuania and they probably haven't got a lockdown there, so he so he can take a sure. vacation. I think that's what it is. <laughs> yeah, I I mean I used to the best thing you can do for yourself. I mean, you'd be kind of like Jeff and and have a a list of processes and you just kind of keep your phone handy or a watch handy and and try to time yourself if you really want to figure that out i mean real deal production manufacturing facilities like they time everything if you want to get a better sense of how efficiently you're working or or how much time it takes to do something you got to time yourself i think um and i I think using a clock is i mean you could you could just be like, oh, it took me a few days. But I think using a clock and trying to be a little bit more precise with it, it's it's not that much more difficult to do. And it's going to give you better information. Um, but then that, using that information, then you can kind of project out, um, especially if you're doing batches of stuff that are all kind of all the same. Um, then that way, versus like individual custom things, you know, some some things use different handle materials or different steels and it takes more to grind one type of steel than another or it takes more to you know finish out a, a, a different handle material versus another so those are those are variables that you can't really calculate in when it comes into that but i think um yeah i think timing yourself for me has been uh the best way to help me project and, and predict how things are going to go yeah, and that will come with experience. But I'd say before you, you know, you start these, make sure you've got everything you need. Get all your consumables in, everything, every single thing. Make sure you've got everything you need. Um, and you know, if you know, I mean, you're talking sort of seven knives here. And I'm not sure whether they'll be the same knives or whether they're all slightly different. Mm. But as long as you've got everything in, you know, you can just crack on. And you know, you're not, a, you know, a huge fat. You haven't got like a Kanban system where you know you need to get to that process and the next one at an exact time. It's it's just it'll 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 come with time and you'll get to know. I mean, for my camp knives, I I did get to a point where I was a week ahead of schedule. That slipped slightly now, but I'm still slightly ahead. And you know, there's always a little bit of wiggle room. So yeah, it'll it, it'll come with time, I suppose. Once you do a few batches, you'll know how long things will take. Um, what about you, Jeff? Because you've just finished obviously quite a big batch as well with your sandwich knives. I try to do everything working. I try to think about things. I work backwards and and see what takes what, how much time. And I try not to 
I don't think I time myself, but I know how much I can get done in a day. So yeah. I really focus on a day, you know, morning, afternoon, weekday, you know, whole week, and then the month. And I really try to work backwards and I really stick to a schedule of goals. And then, but if I work backwards, like when I go to the airport, I work backwards. Like I figure out how long it's going to take me to get through this, how long it's going to take me to get through that. And then, I, and then I figure out what time I should leave. So I do that with everything. Like I, I really try to kind of take a good look. And, and this, these knives, I was, I was, uh, I'm behind maybe like a week or two, you know, just because of the, the way things worked. But, um, yeah. no, no, it wasn't like, wasn't, no one's, you know, beating on my doors. I, I was also giving, um, I don't know. I mean, it's important to kind of understand what you need to get done and then fo and focus on it because sometimes if you just like, if you are, right, it takes me two minutes to do this and then you just take advantage of the fact that it takes you two minutes to do something as opposed to I need to get all these things done by lunchtime and then after lunch I need to get more done. And I think if you give yourself some r relatively reasonable goals and then you meet them, you'll become more efficient. Sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, and I guess clocking cool. clocking is kind of a personal thing for me. Like, there's something about seeing myself improve, even if it's only by five seconds on primary grinding a knife or something like that. I'm super stoked, and it's just those like for some reason in my my silly brain, I like seeing those kind of like minor uh, improvements. And so, but yeah, I I mean, I think Jeff, your your process for keeping track of stuff totally makes sense too. I got the Kydex going fast. I, I was able to do all the almost all the forming in a day, a little bit, a wow. little bit less than a day, a little bit more than a day, just a hair, a hair more. But I gave myself like I, I think I had ten more. I got fifty. I got forty-eight done. I could do on the last batch. I could do fifty-eight Kydex pressings, not, not just not cutting them out. I was able to do yeah, them okay. fifty in a day. Because I had wow. multiple, and I would suggest if I were you, Craig, back to what you're doing is build a couple more Kydex sheets. Three yes, is the magic yeah. number because by the by the time the first one is cooled down, the third by the time you put the third one in, the first one's cool, and hmm. then you're able to kind of keep moving. Um, yeah, and I made... well, I'm not doing any drilling or tacking till till the end. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah forming yeah. them all first. No, the, when you're yeah, forming not... them all, it's it it makes such a having more than one. Uh, Kydex press is huge because it just yeah, you don't I want think, to wait, you know. Um, I think that's what I need. Yeah, it, I say it took me Friday afternoon and most of yesterday to get about thirty done, and that was just nonstop on that task. Right, you know? right. So yeah, having having multiple presses. Is yeah, the way and to they're go. you know they're pretty easy to make. I, I made I made my first three, and then it really helped me in terms of getting all the pressings done. I could do, I, I'm pretty much, I, if I spent a little bit more time, I could do more than 50 in a day. I got like around 50 is, is what I got. And then I realized at the end of the day, I was like, all right, well, I can stay home. I can stay a little bit late and get these done or just come in a little early the next morning and get them done. So, you know, so I decided I was like, I'm going to come in an hour early because I want to start the day, you know, on to the next step. And I, was, that yeah, was a, yeah. that was a really important distinction to be able to keep on schedule, you know? So being able to just like adjust and say, all right, well, I'm just going to come in early tomorrow or I'm going to stay late tonight. And yeah. then, you know, whatever it takes to meet the deadline. And I think going back to Baltic Blade's question, I think that that's key that, you know, you need a little bit of flex. Sometimes you may be 
you may have guessed wrong. It may take a little bit longer um, or it may take a little bit less. But you want to make sure at every stage, really, you're at where you need to be. So sometimes you may need to be work a little more, you know, right. you may have a little bit of extra time. But as long as you can keep it in those stages at the right point, you'll be good to go. Being accountable to the deadlines that you're giving yourself, you know, is just, mm. it's, it's, it's huge. We, yeah. We've, we, we've done enough on that, right? Exhausting. Yeah. That one. The next one comes from Thomas Nugent. Hey guys, I got a question for you about handle scales. I wanted to do a stack of multiple different materials in a block and I wanted them to be at a 45 degree angle. How do you get the pieces to stay in place while trying to glue them up? In the past, whenever I go, uh, when I go to add pressure on the clamps, the pieces bust out all over the place. <laughs> Thanks again for the great podcast. You know what he's talking about? Yeah, so he's trying to stack them at an angle. Right. Um, the main thing is to make sure they're all the same width or thickness because then what you can do, I use, um, I've only done this a few times, but um, use like HDPE plastic um, because then that'll come off the epoxy easy enough once you've glued them up or just do anything with wax paper underneath, I suppose. Um, if everything's the same width, you can clamp um, the long faces together first, if that makes sense, so they can't slide out. Mm. Does that make sense? Like a stop. It's, it's a... You're saying like a stop, yeah. a rail almost. That, that exactly, you can push on either against. side. On either side. So clamp those together and then use like a small piece of wood in between to clamp the the lengthways together. It's hard to explain, but basically you've got, you've got a clamp on all four sides then. Um, but that does make, you do need to make sure that all your pieces are the same thickness. So whether you've got like a planer, like a automatic planer or something like that to, to run them through so you know everything's the same thickness, that'll work perfectly. Um, if you haven't, it's going to be anything over, yeah, anything that's around sort of 45, it's it's going to want to just kick out, isn't it? So without a plane, I don't know how you do it, to be honest with you. Well, because it's, right. It kicks out because those little goddamn clamps, they don't they don't swivel. So if you as you get tight, the swiveling stops and it starts to kind of move the whole clamp. And that's what turns it. That's what turns your piece. Mm. Yeah, I have no experience doing those myself. I give myself I, when I did the the stripe when I did the stripes in uh, the last couple ones and I want to do that more often. I gave myself way more, and it was a, I was one forty five degree cut, and then I put a strip of of uh, the color that uh, Craig sent me, and I made sure that the strip of color was way longer than, and they weren't the same yeah. size. They weren't the same size, and I. I also, I you know, usually when I clamp my, my all the scales together, I do them in sets together. So like, th so three clamps are clamping together one set of scales. So they're back to back with a piece in between. So, but for this, I do one scale at a time, and then I actually use a, a piece of aluminum, a thin a thin aluminum that I can put in a in a vise because when it's all done, I can just flex the aluminum and on the glue pops off. But then I do one, and then I push the next one up, and then I clamp the next one, and then I do the next one, and then I actually would get a small, like a almost like a, a squeeze, like a squeeze clamp, and then just kind of push them all together, and then just try to make sure that the 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 lines were good because you just got to do one at a time, and then a little bit of pressure kind of tightens them up. But I give myself so much room. I don't, I don't, I give myself so much room with all the parts and I don't do the rail that uh, Craig does because I want to make sure, I want to make sure everything's tight. And yeah. I just, you know, for a small piece, it's hard for me to kind of like, 
get them all the same size. Does that make sense? Yeah, if it's bigger, you've got some wiggle room. So if it does sort yeah. of squeeze out, you've got some room. I'm there, a yeah. big fan of giving myself a lot of room on scales. So I, I don't want to be tight and have to like change the profile of the knife because you know maybe the scale got a little too small at one end or something. Yeah. Hmm. Makes sense. Okay, right. Dan O'Brien asks, I'm finally ready to upgrade to a disc grinder. Is the work rest worth the extra money or are you going full blast without it? He thinks, thanks and keep up the great work. Disc grinder with a work rest. Um, to me, a work rest makes sense because then you're only, you're only hitting that one direction of the that sort of radial motion, I suppose. Because as soon as you go under that halfway line it, it, it's going to want to kick out so mm. work rest would make sense to me but um jeff you use use one a lot so what do you think if you wanted to do a disc grinder finish you know you'll see that with like you know uh victor uh like uh a lot of the classic chef chef knives they'll have like a disc grinder finish then get a work rest but when i got mine i didn't get a work rest because i my my goal wasn't to do a finish off the disc grinder my goal was to kind of get the high spots off so i could prepare the material for uh, hand sanding so what i actually built was i built a hand rest so i could lean so i could be more comfortable when i'm up against it and i'm actually not using like a work rest but if you were going to if you were looking for um uh, finish with the and there you know if you go to most you know most even like in a metal shop most uh disc grinders have a work rest which is great for you know if you're like working on p uh pieces of a railing or something like that and you're trying to get like a, a good clean radius they're great but for knives it depends on what you're looking for like i don't think it would work for me the way I round my handles with a disc grinder i don't think uh you know i'm doing a much more a lot more free handing on the disc grinder so for me, it didn't make sense. But if you were saying to yourself, I want to you know, have a disc grinder finish, and I think I can do it if I have the work rest, then that's the move. Sure. Hmm. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I, I don't have a work rest for mine because I, I need that kind of like that freedom like Jeff was talking about. But I think, it, yeah, it just comes down to your how you plan on using it. If it makes sense, then it makes sense. And if, and if you're using a work rest, have it right up against the uh, the abrasive. Yeah. No gaps. No That's gaps. one you definitely don't want it to catch, because <laughs> oh, then no. it'll yeah. it'll mess up the platen uh, that the oh, yeah. abrasive sticks to. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, those Most of those are made out of though. aluminum. Yeah, they're they're not very. Uh... Yeah. yeah, I got gotcha. you. But if you are if you are then going on to hand sand afterwards, you're going to want to use Rhino Wet because it's the best sandpaper out there. Um, whether you're doing handle work or whether you're working on the steel, it's it's just the best. Comes in all sorts of grits. Um, it saves you money because it saves you time. It's just super super fast, and you can get it from Texas Farrier Supply. TexasFarriersupply.com. They sell Rhino Wet in all the grits that you'd need per sheet as well, which which is really handy. Um, but they also sell lots of other stuff for for knife makers. So go take a look. TexasFarriersupply.com, and if you use Knife Talk Ten. You get ten percent off your order as well, so that's, you'd be a fool not to. That's it. That's I got fun. some dilemmas Jeff, if you want it? them. Jeff, I got a Let's question for you, really quick, regarding, uh, regarding your uh, flat disc or yeah, your disc sander. How are you sticking the abrasive on there? I've I've used spray adhesive in the past, but I know a lot of people use different stuff. There, I, was curious what I shout out to Nick Wheeler. He said he was using this three M. 
uh, it's called feathering paste. Mm. And it's like, it comes in like a toothpaste uh, tube. Okay. And then you put it on and then it, it gives you a little bit more. It gives you a little bit more. You can like, you can take the uh, the paper off and then put it back on another one on and it has some, you know, a little bit more tackiness. So it's kind of like holds together. I've tried so this, the, the spray stuff, but sometimes if there's, it sometimes it's just not thick enough to like hold well. I, I don't know. The I like the feather. 3M feathering paste is, feather, mm. is it feathering paste? Disc. Yeah, I think you're disc, right. Feathering paste, something like Sounds that. Right. It's 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 not cheap, but it actually works pretty good. Cool. All right. Okay, so things that make you go, hmm. Okay, you guys, I've gotten dilemmas to ask you guys. Some of these dilemmas are good. Some of them are fine. Some of them are funny. Some of them are not. So here's the first one. This one comes from Smid Sam Lapland. I got a dilemma for you guys. A while ago, I sold a hunting knife to a customer. And after the customer received it, he told me that it wasn't what he expected it to be. Okay, fine by me. I told him I'd take it back and refund him for the knife because it's a model I can easily resell to another customer. And after telling him this, I haven't heard from him anymore. I've sent a few reminders, but no reply. What should I do? Whoa, did he already give him a refund? I mean, and the guy hasn't sent the knife back? No, I think I think that okay. he said I think that the guy said I want a refund. And then okay. he says, Okay, you know, send me the knives back and they'll give you a refund. And he hasn't heard a thing. So I see. Oh. Um Well, he's done he's done the right thing. He's he's offered them a refund and the guy hasn't taken them up on the offer. So you've got to assume that the guy is now Maybe happy with the knife, or he's used it in the meantime. Or he's forgotten. He's like, or maybe he's forgotten. But yeah, I think you've no. done the right thing. I don't. Think there's any need to feel any sort of guilt or or anything at all. Don't yeah, refund but... him without getting the knife. Sorry. Right. Well, and at, but at one point, does he say, "Okay, this is still good as new. I can still refund this." Where versus the guy, maybe he's decided to actually try to use it, and. Does he? If I mean, the guy's been making use of it, do you still give him a full refund? I mean, I... no. I personally, I'd say no. But um, I, Jeff just said it right. You know, don't give him the refund until you get the knife back anyway, because you know I, some people are shit. I give a, I give the full <laughs> refund. I give the full refund. I mean, obviously, if it's five years ago, that's a different story. If he's used it for five years, but like, I, I don't, if it happens a lot, that's one thing. But if it once in a while. You know, a little bit of good customer service isn't the worst thing in the world. You know, if this is a one-time thing. You know, if it's happening to you every single time that you're refunding every time, you know, a restaurant, you know, who has to refund their for their for the bill every five minutes, and they're you know giving money back to the customer. That's one thing. But like, if this is once in a while, they'll say, you know, this guy took took care of me. I wasn't happy. He took care of me. I I, I give I think, full refund. I think if the guy's used it once and, you know, found out he didn't like it, then then says, yeah, full refund. But he hasn't heard back from this guy. So you've got to assume that, you know, time has gone on and he's continued to use it. So, Or he's just, he's, you know, life has gotten in the way. I, I got a guy who wanted me to do a touch-up and I said, send it. I'll take care of everything. Whenever, when it gets here, I'll let you know. And then um, I'll happy to do it. And I didn't, it was been months. I haven't heard a thing. Mm-hmm. So... You know, people, this, this is not, we're not talking about, like, we're not making, like, you know, medication that your life depends on. I mean, it's like a hunting knife. The guy's probably, like, <laughs> hunting season's over and he forgot about it. Possibly, yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
Do we have another? Things yeah. that make you go, hmm. Okay. Uh, okay. This one comes from W. Com, uh, w. Crumb, uh, and he's a bladesmith. Good dude. Hey, guys, I got a dilemma for you. I have no problem at all sharing what I've learned. But what about when it's something that you've paid to learn? To learn, Like how to get a dark finish from Jason Knight's Forge series or an antique finish from one of Jay Nielsen's DVDs. Every time I post one, I always get, how did you do that? And I've defaulted to saying where I've learned it from, but it's like people want you to give a step-by-step on how you do something without putting any little effort into themselves. In, into it themselves. Does that make sense? Completely. So like he yeah. paid for, let's just say he paid for the Forge series from Jason Knight, which is worth it, P.S., and then he does it, and someone says, "Hey, how'd you do that?" And show me how you do that. What do you do? I I would refer them to the series if they really yeah. want to know. They can pay for the information. Like if mm. it, if it was, say you asked me, Jeff, how to do something. That's a different question. Like it's a close buddy, but if it's just some rando on Instagram or something like that, they can they can go pay for, you know, they can pay for the information. It's well worth it, I'm sure. They're going to get their money's worth, not only for that finish, but everything else that he teaches you in that series. There was a guy yeah. who was asking me how I do my serrations on the knives. And I and I actually have the serrations up on my highlights. I, you know, I make it pretty, I made, I decided I make it pretty reasonable. Right. Guy sends slips to my DMs and he says, you have to make a video to show us how you do this. <laughs> you, you have I, yeah, to. Yeah, you got to make you, a vi- you got to make a video to show us how to do this. Like you got to fucking do? you got to go fucking do something yourself. <laughs> I mean, I got to I get that I actually get I got to do I got to do something a lot. Like people uh, you need to do this, thanks. you need to do that. It's just like I need to do I need to leave you you need to leave me alone. That's what you need to do. <laughs> you need to leave me the fuck alone. Yeah, I I got... think we oh, share. I think I mean I think particularly us three because obviously we're doing this show. But you know, most people within the let's call it a community, they they're more than happy to share how they do things. But yeah, but it does great when somebody you, you know you you don't know, you've never spoken to them, they've never spoken to you before, but they are they'll just show up in your DMs and say, "How do you do that?" sort of exactly. And like, like Mareko said, if it's someone you know, you you know you you'll take the time out and have the conversation. But if it's just you know somebody who has never interacted with you before in the past, and they want you to just drop tools and give them a, like a tutorial specifically for them, it's you know it's not going to happen. Yeah, because well, you know and, it's not I mean, out of there. It's not like somebody's aunt who's just like, "Wow, how did you do that?" It's like I want to do that. <laughs> I'm gonna do. You're gonna right. tell me how to do it so I can make money. So I can go do that yeah. thing. Right. I mean, well, and what you've put up in the highlights, I feel like is more than enough well, information. He just, this person was too lazy. I had another guy saying, uh, I, somebody wrote, uh, how did you do that? And I wrote, it's in my highlights. And the guy says, what's highlights? And he's just like, I got to fucking show you how to use Instagram too. I mean, it was just like, lately, yeah. I was like, I don't oh know my how to God. use Instagram lately. I don't like the way they read it Instagram. I, I, lo- I logged in yesterday for the first time in days. Just uh, I logged in. I you know I opened up the app, and um, yeah, it's it's all over the place. No, there's bloody shopping tags everywhere, and oh, you got to show me how to use the grinder. You got to show me how to use the Instagram. You got to show me how to get into my own house. I mean, it's like <laughs> at what point? I mean, at what point does some of you mother do, you motherfuckers are some of you motherfuckers are are fucking needy. You're needy, yeah. and it's annoying. You got to do a video. Oh, fuck you. You do a video. 
Seriously, I hate videos. I just actually, I'll tell you a funny story. I just recently got a message from a, um, someone, a follower who is a teacher. And they said to me, I want you, can you, would you mind being on a podcast that I show to my kids for home, you know, for, you know, things you can do for, you know, home, school, whatever. And I said, yeah. sure. And then I got a message saying, oh, I made, I decided to make a YouTube video. Can you make an edited video for me? Aye, I was like, no. Aye, aye. I was like, I'm like, no, <laughs> I don't have time. I said, if you want to call me up and we can do an interview, that's one thing. But you want me to do an edited video? Of, uh, that I'm going to spend the fucking day doing an edit video? Your kids are out. So I wrote to her and I was just like, look, I just don't have the time. I'm not good at videos and I'm not good at editing and this isn't for me. And she's like, oh, hmm. okay, okay, no problem. I'll go back to it. I'm just like, all of a sudden now I'm indebted to you and your children? Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. But I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take care of it. But I'm not doing a video. She can kiss my ass. Yeah. Well, and, I mean, these people, people asking about you know, saying something like that, because like, I get that too. And I'm just like, unfortunately, I'm not a content creator. I mean, I create content, but my job is to make knives. And if I'm not making knives, I'm not making money. I'm not making money off of content. And so if people really want a video about serrations, they should reach out to like Alex Steele or, or somebody like that who does make content and say, I saw somebody do this. I would love to see, you know, a video and and then, and then, then let to people who do content for full time work make a video. But to to tell to ask somebody or what it sounds like they're saying to you, Jeff, is like they're telling you, yeah. you need to stop what you're doing to make a video because what you're doing is so compelling. And it's just like, holy shit, I'm this is not how I make my money. Maybe people expect a lot for free. I have a, I have an idea. Maybe we need to do like cameo. You know, Cameo, you mentioned before, Cameo is this new, <laughs> this new fucking, fucking social media thing where you actually New as pay. in like five years old, right? What did you say? I think it's like, it's old, man. <laughs> right, whatever. But I mean, it's in the United States is like, not everybody knows about it, but basically it's like, you know, you can pay a celebrity to say a message. And I actually, we, I was actually, I think it's hilarious because it's like, I mean, number one, it's, is at, at what point are, are you, do you consider yourself a celebrity and who would account for it? But then the other thing is, is how much, you know, you have to like write down, you know, 10 bucks. This guy says 10 bucks. I sent a message to Craig. I I was looking at, I was just looking at who has these cameos uh, accounts and it's just, it is hilarious. There was one with, um, I don't know if you remember, you might be too young for this uh, miracle, but there was a, a very famous uh, singer in the eighties, 80s 90s her name is samantha fox she she wasn't a singer that's the thing she was a, she was a, a singer. weird thing she, she she released a couple of songs but she was she was basically like a i don't know if they have it in america page three models do you have page three What's models that? <laughs> they're not on the so cover basically <laughs> they're oh. not on the cover but on the third so if you imagine imagine a newspaper and you open it up and then you've got page three sitting in front of you. It's a very British thing <laughs> where they'd have a young lady with a tits out, basically, <laughs> oh, on geez. page three. And they were page three models. And they'd stand there literally with, just with their tits out. And there'd be like a little a little comment box saying like what they enjoy doing on the weekend or something like ridiculous. It was like part funny. It was very sort of Benny Hill, you know, that sort of. Right. Sounds it like was right just up straight. In the, but she, right but she was like the like the big star of page. She was like the first big star of page three. But she had a very um, famous song in the United States, "Naughty Girls Need Love Too." Yeah, and that's due that's on the back of her becoming like this famous page three model. 
you know, like people from reality shows will then release a single. It, it, it was basically that. Anyway, sorry. So, Page so Samantha, Fo- when I was growing up, Samantha Fox was like, unbel- I mean, unbelievable. And it was, you know, she, she had videos and she was just gorgeous. And I was like, oh, Samantha Fox is doing cameo. And I clicked on one of the samples and time is not her friend. <laughs> She's, she looks like, you know, Aunt Ethel <laughs> sitting on a couch with an Afghan and like, I don't know what she's done to her teeth, <laughs> but it was like, it was like horrible. I was just like, God damn, poor old, poor old Samantha Fox is, you know, it was, life has gone a weird way for you. But, uh, you know, maybe the cameo is the thing for you, uh, knife makers. You could like, you know, you could record, uh, record a knife tip. And we could do it for the knife making community. I did check to see if there are any makers or knife makers on on Cameo, and there aren't. But um, it would be pretty funny. I, would I've be... just sent you a text, Jeff, of um, Samantha Page. Oh my in God, page three that days. was in the newspaper. That w- Jesus Christ, is, is a regular <laughs> newspaper. I think it still is. Jesus. I think it still is in certain newspapers. Fuck and you know, these aren't, you know, these aren't porn. These are like p- newspapers that you'd how buy, do you, you know, put those in, How do you put those in news, regular newspapers? It's a very British thing. I don't know how they get away with it. So they, for years, I, it's, I think it started in the 70s. But, um, and it was always like young girls. Dude, it's, 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 it's poor. When it's you think poor. of it now, it's crazy. It's crazy in like a regular public newspaper. It's so, she, I mean, you were not kidding. Well, wait there. I've just pulled up another one here, right? And this was the actual thing. And it says, like, Sam Fox, 16, quits her GCSEs, which were, like, the exams at the time, um, to do page three. And she's there with her tits out. And she's, like, 16. It's just ridiculous how this still exists. But anyway. She's not. Yeah. She doesn't look like that anymore. God damn it! She certainly doesn't. <laughs> he no. looks like she looks like she's gonna work at the DMV, and she's gonna tell you got the wrong you got the wrong form. <laughs> Fucking Samantha oh, Fox. Jesus, I can't believe that. I'm just thinking how ridiculous page three is, and yeah, it's it's very British thing. It's very strange. There you go. Very strange. Yeah, that is strange. All right. Well, yeah. um, I got a couple more. If you want to go there. Uh, things that make you go hmm well this comes from you know who will morrison is yes no, i've never heard will of morrison knives yeah you're very funny you one of the most famous australian uh blades <laughs> these guys a monster thank you very one of the much. best mountains in the world all right well he wrote to craig but i think that it could go for all of us really and he says um craig do you ask for viagra specifically or do you use a generic equivalent that works just as well ask me for a friend and he goes love limp willy this is one of the best knife makers in the world and he's asking you know erection he got a erection down problem. to our level yeah yeah i, I use coco bolo pills, pills that's right get a little lead in your pencil uh that kind of uh uh that kind of uh, uh, I got some comments about the Coco Bolo question from last from week. From last week, <laughs> so I just decided to uh, kind of read off the comments. So last week, Tom Moss said that he was grinding Coco Bolo and the the dust. He grabbed his he grabbed his wiener, and then he woke up the next morning with a, a swollen icky wiener. So there were a lot of comments. I thought I'd just read you about the Coco Bolo question, and the first one is from Kyle Daly. And he goes, Jeff talked about getting his junk all dirty when peeing. One of my coworkers always washes his hands before going pee and afterwards and proclaims to the bathroom, I have to keep us safe, keep us clean for the wife. 
I don't know why you're talking to this guy, um, Kyle. I think you shouldn't be in the bathroom talking to your friend while he grabs his penis, but that's up to you, Kyle. I'm, I'm going to guess Kyle is in a stall while this guy's taking care of business. Right. Well, there you go. And he hears, he hears him proclaiming to himself. Kyle, <laughs> you, you, should put your, you should do what I do when I'm in the stall of a bathroom and put my fingers in my ears because I don't want to hear people pooing. I don't want to hear I wondered people... where that was going. I don't want people... I don't want to hear... If I'm in the stall of a, of a public bathroom, I put both my fingers in my ears. I don't want to hear the farting. I don't want to hear the fucking pooping. I don't want to hear the water. I don't want to hear anything. I stick my fingers in my ears. I, I, I might start to get uh, earplugs. I just, I want silence when I'm in the bathroom. I don't want to deal with other people's. It's usually like someone's peeing and then they, then you can hear them push and they let out some rancid <laughs> fart. I hate that. You know what I'm talking about? I'm like an airport. Dude, I'm... You know what People I'm talking about? People say shit in the bathroom too. I know yeah, exactly sure. what you're talking about. Oh, <laughs> you know what you need next time you go to the toilet? You need isotunes. So these are great little headphones, perfect for the shop because they do exactly that. They blank out all the noise that's around you, um, and they got like noise canceling things on them. They're really clever. So they're, they're actually sponsoring the show. They've sent everybody in the Makery Network a, a set, and they do a bunch of different types. So I think we've all got the different types that they do. Um, I've got two sets now because they sponsored a show a couple of years ago too. Um, but I've got the isotunes free which are the little buds that go in your ears. But they've just launched like an over-the-ear sort of ear, like a proper headphone, but, you know, muff type that goes over your, over your <laughs> ears. And the great thing about all of the isotunes thing is you don't have to blast your ears out to listen to music because it's cancelling out the noise around you. You can listen to music like at a nice normal level without having to blast your ears out. So go take a look at isotunes. Um, they've got a bunch of different models. I use them every day. They're really cool, rechargeable. They're, they're perfect. Are they page Back three to models? shit in a airports, Jeff. Well, I, I just that it's usually what it is. It's usually an older guy who is forcing out a fart at the urinal and then makes a like a noise. It's just like I don't fucking hate that shit. Actually, it gets to the point where if I'm in like a if there's a public bathroom and I see a guy's legs with his uh, his pants down. I fucking walk away. Like I don't I don't even want to go to the bathroom. I can't. I don't want to hear the it. worst. The worst thing is going into a public bathroom, and if you need to sit down, you know, it's it's a number two. You sit down, and the seat is warm. That's just the oh, worst thing in the world. Gross. <laughs> Fucking gross. Talk about your temper cycle. My God, it's... man. <laughs> <laughs> well, in, I've, in my experience... Old guys are the ones that make the weirdest comments in the bathroom. Have you have anybody? <laughs> I was peeing in a stall once. All right, stop the show, the, everybody. Let's go. Go ahead. The stall next to me, the guy, he's like, "That sounds like a healthy prostate." Somebody said it to you. Yeah, I mean, I was like twenty three or twenty four at the time. You know, I noticed this old guy as I was walking in, but I didn't think anything. I didn't think he was going to start talking to me. <laughs> Oh, don't you and I, I didn't know what to say and i was just like yep <laughs> i was like what the fuck well, you, why would you, you know even say the, anything well you know why he said that well there was old I like mean, you because what he's got prostate issues probably no because he wanted he was he's probably coming on to you <laughs> oh maybe i mean why we were at a bar a i mean who gives a, a shit oyster bar at the time i mean who gives a shit about your oh man that was, that was a good sounding fart no one get, no one cares for for the for the sake of health 
He was looking for some companionship. <laughs> you never know. You know. I think we know. I think, I think that's why another reason is stay out of these public bathrooms. There There's this Hollywood version of like public bathrooms where you see like women going in and having these chats and they're doing their makeup and they're all getting on great. The reality is a bloke will go into the bathroom, doesn't give eye contact, doesn't look at anybody, does his stuff get straight out yeah, and if there's do. a case of like there's three urinals and the one in the middle is free you sort of begrudgingly go into that one it's just like oh no <laughs> Ugh. toilet talk what a great new podcast this is there yeah. you go um hmm. the next one comes from uh, travis james and he goes i'm crying listening to the coco bolo dilemma in the latest podcast uh i worked uh i worked building custom fiberglass gun stocks and custom rifles oh, yeah, early yeah. in my career I learned to wash my hands before and after touching my nether regions. Fiberglass, resins, cutting oils, solvents all suck to get anywhere near your personal mucous membranes. Keep up the awesome content. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Don't touch your mucous membranes. You heard what he had to say. Jesus uh, Christ. Travis James. Um, Nathan Crawford says, I'm petitioning to change, uh, change to call Coco Bolo cockabolo after this week's episode and dfm toolworks says i'm dying laughing about the coco bolo incident and then the last comment i heard this is directed to craig is from eddie jits our friend eddie jits he he you you and aaron goff are going to start a cnc uh podcast and he was saying that the hmm. run cnc thing has been out for a while Unfortunately, yes. I have a sticker made of, i got from a makerspace i had a bunch of people contact me and say yeah it's already a thing there's not a podcast, but there's there's like branding made up and all the rest of it that somebody's using for t-shirts and that kind of thing. Right. Yeah. So you gotta get back to the drawing board. Back to the drawing board, exactly. Yeah. All right. Okay. Let's shall we take on a few more questions? Sure. Um, Darren Bladesmith has said, "Hey guys, I enjoy your podcast. Recently, I was scrolling through Pinterest and saw one of my knives. It's not unusual to see one with my description edited out." But this one was different. It went onto an Instagram from India with hundreds of knife pictures. Scrolling through there, there was quite a few of my knives on it. And I'm guessing he does the old bait and switch. So my tip is the my tip is the only way to keep the photo stealing at bay is to watermark your pictures. And he says, thanks, guys. So it's more of a tip, really. He's trying well, to it was just a question of, like, is watermarking going to be what saves the day? Mm, and it I ruins the pictures, too, right? No. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, we've obviously we've it's one of those things. What can you before, do? Right? We've all, yeah, yeah. We, I think we've all had it. We where somebody's yeah. taken, um, not so much on Pinterest, but certainly on on Instagram. It, it happens a lot, you know, where people will do it. They'll build up loads of loads of followers and likes, and then they'll bait and switch, and you know, maybe even sell the account. And people change the name of the account, and they start off Instagram with a, with a few thousand followers. Um, it's quite normal, unfortunately, but. What can you do? Uh, it's yeah, it's it's difficult. My buddy Nico used to watermark his images, and he's a set photographer, and he's done everything. And he used to watermark his images, and he just stopped because he was like, "It's ruining the image. I'd rather just have my shit." You know, he fights it. I mean, he doesn't fight it actually. When people steal his images all the time, and he's just like, eh, "I already got paid for him." So, yeah. But it is annoying. I, I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to watermark my images. No. 
Well, and like we've discussed before, I mean, the people that are seeing that work and saying, yes, I want to buy this knife, those aren't necessarily the people that are probably going to want to buy a knife from you. The, the, the customer, if they're, you know, if any customers are being siphoned away, it's not people who are probably going to actually buy your work in the first place. So, and if they're yeah. buying knives from Wazarzabard or wherever, you know, that's the one I see all the time. Wazarzabard, Wazabard or something like that. Yeah. You're, you're, you know, not much you can do about it. And I don't, people send me images all the time. You know, we, a, a couple of years ago, we, we had the knife talk community whip somebody, some ass <laughs> in, in Wazarzabard. And, um, I just, it's just too much work. It's, it's, it's not, it's a lot of work. It's, it's, it's too sure. much. It's too much. It's too much internal psychic energy you're, you're wasting on going back and forth with someone. And yeah, you know, let just hit report on on Instagram. Hit and report, yeah, and saying. block. I've been doing. Uh, speaking yeah. of blocks, I know. Uh, speaking of the king of blocks, uh, Marekas, I've been getting a few <laughs> messages about people you blocked who who you thought are bo- are bots, and I don't know if. It, it, but um, I actually do now look at you after you told me that I started to look like when I get a, a new you know follower and if, usually if it says you know western union was arzabard it's usually like a <laughs> you know it's usually sure. a leave me alone Don't block you. yeah which is where our hey cuties when we when a lot of the questions we'll say hey cuties oh my that's what people are sending us that was from we talked about how you get bots and so on on Instagram just contacting you, and they generally used to start with, you know, "Hey cuties" or "Hey sexy," and that's that's where the "Hey cuties." <laughs> and then the bio are. says, "Looking for a sexy relationship," or "You're <laughs> yeah. looking for a sexy good time relationship." It's all fucked up English. It's great. <laughs> yeah, me looking for me looking for a husband. <laughs> <laughs> me looking for husband. You done? Yeah. I don't know why that made me laugh. (laughs) So stupid. (sighs) All right. This is the next one. (laughs) Me looking for (laughs) husband got you good, Greg. It's from Jason Pachomsky. Sorry if I screwed that up. He says, anyone else's wife say I told you so when uh, when you injure yourself in your shop? No? Just me? I I I I I really do my best not to tell my wife I do anything <laughs> sketchy. I go out of my way to not tell her because ultimately, when they say "I told you so" or something like that, there's a degree of you know you're obviously a little bit on the arrogant side, <laughs> and they they don't trust that you make good decisions. So I <laughs> stay the fuck away from any opportunity to make myself you know pretend you know seem as if i don't do any i do things you know incorrectly i'm a, i don't want to hear the i told you so mm. yeah i usually save yeah, the story I... for after the success and if it's not successful <laughs> then i oh, don't I... usually share i never tell stories of peril to my wife she don't want to hear it increasingly my wife has given like no thought to what i do anymore where she used to be really interested in like oh you know so so why would you do that one and and all the rest of it you know and the whole knife making process and she was listening to the show for example and all the rest of it but increasingly since having the babies and her work getting busy and busier she hasn't got a clue what i'm doing in here i could be i could be doing anything she hasn't got a clue and um and i think it's probably best that way too yeah 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 (laughs) 
You don't want you. Don't, the last thing you want is your wife to think you're an idiot. I mean, I think that's really what it comes down to. <laughs> to know I'm an idiot. Well, that's I mean, thing. No more to know thing. I'm an idiot. I don't. I just there is that whole thing of of like you know she thinks I'm an idiot. I don't want that. I don't want her. To, I mean, I am an idiot, but I don't need to like reinforce the idiocy. You know. Ah. Uh, ah. Uh. Okay, next one is from Paul, uh, I think it's Charbonneau, I think it is. Um, when etching my logo, I'm initially getting a nice, deep, defined etch. And he says, I switched to AC to darken it, and it initially appears black. He says, I then sand lightly to crisp up the edges, and the darkness seems to disappear, leaving just the original void that was etched. He said he's tried changing up electrolyte solutions, the time, and the pressure when applying, but still seeing the same results each time. And he's saying the steel is ATCRV2. He's uh, using the Electromark SS211 from IMG. It's very specific. Um, so basically, yeah, he wants to etch and have the mark in there, you know, a dark mark inside the etch as well. Um, so you guys got any tips? Because you both electro etch. So um, how are you getting a dark mark as well as a, a, a deep defined etch? Um. For me personally, I I go really deep, and so and I, I had to do <laughs> that's what she said. Yeah, uh, I had to do some experimenting to figure out how deep I actually had to go, uh, so that the, the dark <laughs> wasn't getting stripped out. Um, I've heard of people doing uh, so. What they've what I've heard of people doing is they'll do their uh, etch and they'll go however deep they go. They darken it. Um, and then they fill it with like super glue or something like that, um, just to give it a coat of some sort that helps protect it as they go back and kind of rehand sand to sharpen things up. Um, and then you can clean it up mm, afterwards. Look at that fucking good idea. And how would you remove the super glue? Acetone? Wait, acetone. Acetone, yeah. Fucking yeah. good one, dude. Great idea. Because. Because well, it's not my idea. You, Don't give me credit. Well, so now else. I'm giving you credit because I mean, you brought it up. I never even thought about that. But that's a great idea because uh, you know I got was getting a lot of messages about my um about, about doing um my my serration knives by cutting in all the serrations before I hand sand and and I was trying to explain that the problem is, is as you're sanding it you end up getting all these dips because the the there's you know there's space and when you if you go crazy after the electro etch. Your sandpaper is gonna like drag and like hit some of the things, and it's gonna have have a lumpy quality to it. So if you fill that void up, you're not gonna have any gap at all. It's a fucking great idea. Hmm. Uh, now I wish I could remember nice. who told me that because <laughs> I want to give them credit. If you could, if that's you and you're listening right now, send me a message. Yeah, he's gonna block. If it's you, not you, it's and a you're trap. Try to fuck <laughs> with me. He's gonna yeah, fucking, exactly. He's, I'll block he's you. A fucking, he's a fucking trap. You've got. I'm telling you, you're blocking a lot of people. It's a trap. Don't do it, guys. Trust me. But um, one of the things I noticed is I used to use um, Scotch Bright. And, and the the hairs would kind of go in and take the take out the the darkness. So I really got a very I would do a couple strokes with um, a flat uh, board, a flat uh, hand stick, handing sanding stick, and then 800 grit, and then I could just do a couple passes, and then that would clean it up. But I was always afraid that the sandpaper would go inside and take away all that darkness. But that fucking Super glue move is the move. It seems like a lot of work, but it sounds looks like you're going to get a great. Is that what you do? No, I don't do that. 
But because I, I'm doing most of my stuff out of Damascus, I, I actually like it when it etches, uh, the etch goes down in and you can see the, like the contrasting colors inside my mark. Actually, I like my mark hidden, um, which doesn't make sense, but I do. Um, but it, I used to just etch really deep and then, and then just mark it to darken it. And I never had any problems, but that's, I think it's because I was etching the mark so deep. Um, and I would follow up with a, a, usually a pretty fine sandpaper, maybe 2,500 grit or a thousand grit so that, and a hard backer so that it wasn't deforming and going down into the mark at all to kind of pull any of that contrast out. And then I would go into the acid and etch. But, uh, nowadays I don't really, I, I rip that. I don't even do the darkness. I don't darken it at all. I just etch for depth and then I finish hand sanding the blade and then etch the whole thing. So you could, if you were doing Damascus and you wanted to make sure the inside of your etch was black or dark, you could do the electro etch, then put the glue in, then strip it down, and then put it in the ferric to get the, 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 the Damascus etched and darkened. And then, but your, your mark is still going to be black because you have the resist. Right. Yeah. Fucking figured that out congratulations thank you <laughs> excellent God or by a laser or by a yeah, laser or by a laser or get a laser yeah <laughs> oh. okay right. maximus knives asks should i get a contact wheel that is smooth or serrated and he says obviously broadbex is serrated and he said any advantage to this so he's on about getting you know the big big contact wheel some of them have sort of grooves out of them and some are solid um, I, I can't imagine making much difference, but I'd imagine maybe for heat, there's less contact yeah. with the back end of the belt. Sure. Maybe. I don't know. What, what, what would be the advantage of those, of those serrations? I mean, I, or Jeff, you want to take it? I mean, I don't know that I'm listening. I, I would, th I thought okay. that, uh, I have a solid, uh, I have a solid wheel from another company and it's cupping a little bit. And mm. I wonder if the, if the serrated ones don't cup as much. Mm, sure. Possibly, yeah. Well, and I think the contact wheels can actually be flattened. They can re be reflattened, whether they're solid or serrated. Um, but I think the idea is to reduce surface uh, space on the wheel, and so it helps keep it cool, as well as the serrations being cut at an angle uh, to the direction of the wheel. It helps draw air through, kind of like those portholes or whatever you want to call ah. it. Um, and and I find that the the serrated ones grind more aggressively i don't know why just in, just it's just been my experience and maybe it's just uh it just happens to work that i that way i happen to have a brand new belt or something but it's, even with worn out belts the serrated the serrated wheels seem to cut more aggressively uh than a solid contact wheel mm. yeah i've never really given that thought no. i've seen both um, the the wheel I've got um, is solid, doesn't have the serrations. Um, but yeah, I'd imagine a serrated one would would keep cooler. Mm. Um, I know you can get them in different sort of hardnesses. Like I think they call it shore is the scale that they use to measure the hardness of, mm. of the, like the rubber for these wheels. Um, but with regards to the serrations, yeah, I'd imagine it's heat, but sure. I'm not hundred percent sure. Well, if you what, if you, you were gonna go get one, you should definitely go to broadbeckironworks.com. Do you know why? Tell me why. Well, number Tell one, they make an awesome 2x72 grinder. 
But number two is on Black Friday, there will be a huge sale. Black Friday, there's going to be 15% off of grinders and attachments. 15% off, I guess they sell like leather stitching sewing machines. And there's going to be a lot of uh, deals on all the attachments. So go to broadbeckironworks.com and then the there will be no coupon code um, for the November 23rd through the November 30th. I think that's their date, so you're going to have to check with yeah. them. But they're giving a pile of stuff away, uh, great discounts. Um, and if you go to broadbeckironworks.com, you can check out all their stuff. Uh, one of the things that um, Rekka really hooked us up with in the, is uh, the, the idea that besides the fact that it's very a versatile machine and you can do it horizontal and vertically, they've made it so all their arm attachments are uh, very standard. So if you don't have a Broadbeck Ironworks grinder, you can still use their attachments and they, get great, they have great value. Um, sure. They are a really a great company and they do a lot of sales. And I know that this Black Friday sale is going to help a lot of people out. You can uh, you save a lot of money with uh, with Broadbeck Ironworks on this Black Friday sale, especially. But if you if I would wait till if you're gonna get it, go to the Black Friday sale and get the discount. Well, you don't need the discount code, but our code normally is Broadbeck Ironworks uh, uh, Knife Talk ten for ten percent off. But on Black Friday, it's gonna be like fifteen percent off. Right. Nice. Well, and I, what I think I was seeing on their advertisement is that it was the not just the chassis and everything on sale but it's like you can get not just the chassis with the flat platen and the tool rest but also the buffing wheel and the integral grinder and the small wheel and the slack and the contact wheel all for less than three thousand dollars that i don't know but I well, mean, i'm it's... looking at it right now it says right. grinder and five attachments for two thousand nine hundred and twenty that's a big number but that is a hell of a machine set up for less than $3,000. It's, it's a full kit, yeah. Yeah. Head on over, broadbackironworks.com. Shall we take one more question each? Um, I'll, I'll take one, and if you guys look down the list, again, we've got loads of questions here, so take a look down the list, see what uh, floats your boat, and we'll go from there. I'll take the first one from, I think it's Holger Wizball. Okay. I think. Uh, yeah, I think. Hey, man. Any good tips on cleaning a magnet covered in scale or filings? Mm, bigger magnet, I'd say. I'd say throw their magnet on the garbage. <laughs> yeah. I don't use those magnets. No, I, I, I mean, I was using a magnet a lot. That I think it was the week before last. There was a lot of flattening on the platen and holding you know, the, the knife on the magnet, the welding magnet onto the platen. And again, gets covered up in filings really, really quickly. Um, all I would say is use a gloved finger and with the gloved finger run it down those grooves and you, you it, it'll sweep out but um, make sure you're wearing a glove otherwise you're going to cut yourself oh craggy i would i would like it if somebody got a cameo of samantha fox asking us a question <laughs> really yeah i would if you really want to if you guys really want to get your questions answered if you have a cameo person ask the questions We'll put them what on. Is she, what is she charging for a cameo? I'll tell you. Fox? Hold on a second. Let's find a hold, hold, hold everything. Get on now. You got me a cameo. I was looking the other day, and it's, there's like somebody that was knocked out in the first round of 
American Idol back in 1997. And they're they're on Cameo, you know, and it's just... Dude, Samantha Fox is charging $65. That's arrogant. What? That's fucking arrogant. (laughs) That's arrogant, (laughs) man. That is so arrogant. God damn you, Samantha Fox. She's got a living to make. She's got a living to make. She posts the picture of when she's hot stuff, but you see it, it's just like... Give me a fucking break. Those tits aren't making any money for her these days, so she needs <laughs> to do something not. else. But sixty, don't you think sixty-five dollars is arrogant? I mean, <laughs> throw us a She's twenty-five. She's got to make a living. Some of these people are She's out of control a... with their pricing. What if a few listeners club together to get Samantha? Don't Fox do it. Don't do it, with Samantha Fox. That's too much. The fucking soup Nazi from Seinfeld's charging eighty dollars. Another fucking what? arrogant guy. This is outrageous. Some of you motherfuckers are crazy. Can you filter by the cheapest? Um, Filter by the cheapest on Cameo. No, I don't do that. It is is great. I mean, what would you charge? If you were on Cameo, what would you charge? (laughs) (laughs) To sing happy birthday to somebody or something, is it? And which which knife maker? Who are the, the first knife makers to do Cameo? It's going to be the Fortune Fire guys, isn't it? Like Doug, Doug and so on. I they... think Doug's going to be the first guy. He's got to be. Yeah. And he's going to say, it will kill for everybody. <laughs> it will kill. It will be good yeah. if you like, did like a happy birthday to like a sailor. <laughs> you know, like, or like some sailing <laughs> sailboat <laughs> company. Happy birthday. I hear it will kill. Something like that. I want to see, I want to see, I can't wait until the first, I looked, I looked, I was hoping Alex Steele was up there, I was hoping Jimmy DiResta was up there, I was hoping Neil was up, no, but none of you knife makers are up there, and I applaud you for not being total douchebags, but I'm waiting, I'm waiting for the first knife maker to step foot on, 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 <laughs> uh, on Cameo, and I want I'm just looking now, No, they're... Carol Baskin is on there, 248 pounds, oh. or she'll chat to you for 16 pounds. What? <laughs> We should chat, <laughs> chat to you for Dude, 16 it's hilarious. It's hilarious. The, the cameo thing is hilarious. What do you Ugh. think a knife maker would wish a, as a cameo happy birthday? Sitting on um, an anvil, you know. Yeah, anvil. have a have a sharp birthday hey, or something like hey, that. Man, no. I, I'll, I'll cut straight to the point. Why don't you have a sharp birthday? There we go. Your mom says, I inspire you. Well, I want to tell you. You're the... <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I wish there was a little bit of like Pearl Jam in the background, like you know, someone's you know Pearl Jam. I hear I hear it's your birthday. Well, your mom says, I, "Just keep grinding, baby. Happy birthday from Josh Scott." <laughs> Just kidding, kidding, kidding. Yeah, fucking Samantha Fox. That's crazy. Oh, I, I accidentally requested one. Hmm. Oh, 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 I accidentally, <laughs> oh, I accidentally pay for it. <laughs> yeah. There's a, here's a dude, oh, no. here's a YouTuber, Sean, Sean Sandbrook, he only charges $10. That makes it reasonable. Uh, there we go. Hilarious. Yeah, there's no way of filtering the cheapest. That's, that's the problem. So if you want to get no. some, uh, some goofball. Kenny G, Kenny G, £207 for a message. God, you know what? This is or... so arrogant. It's so arrogant, isn't it? <laughs> oh, it's funny. I'm just looking through them now. So if you want to, if you want to send us, if you want to get some flea bag to, to do a, you know, that maybe that's the way we get new people to, to do our jingles, Craig. Maybe you get the real Arnold Schwarzenegger oh, to do our fucking jingles. <laughs> You know, Dude, can you maybe you should. Maybe we should get Samantha Fox to do our jingles. We put it, put it that all together. 
This is Samantha Fox. That'd be amazing. <laughs> For combat abrasives. That'd be great. <laughs> For even heat. I'll, I'll show you how to get your, your knives hard. <laughs> Naughty yeah. girls I'll need give you belts, hard, too. I'll give you a hard six inches. <laughs> <laughs> Naughty girls need belts, too. You know, combat abrasives. <laughs> Oh, brilliant! <laughs> right, if you t- if you two look through these questions to find any questions, oh, I was, I'm, yeah, I'm I looking was through cameos. <laughs> I got one. I'm ready. All right, this one's from Keith Colby. He said, "I was recently asked by a local restaurant to make them boning knives. Um, my f- my problem is with the long sweeping curve near the Ricasso area. Does this curved area serve a purpose? Can a useful boning knife be made without it?" Those so I tricky. think what he's talking about, there's kind of like a guard at the front of a of boning a knife, and then it sweeps mm. right down into the blade all the way out to the tip. So there's no there's no notch or anything like that. It just continues. So what do you guys think? They're super super hard. I I my first boning knives I had those in, but they're almost like ridiculous to sharpen. Part yeah. of me wonders if boning knives became that way because people sharpen their Back in the day, they were sharpening their knives so much that it just ended up looking like mm. that, you know? Well, and I would be worried about it catching on something if you did have a notch. And that's not what you want. You want a nice, smooth cut, continuous mm. cut. And if you got a notch there or it steps up to a, a taller heel, then you, you're going to catch on something, potentially. Boning knives are meant to be resharpened all the time. I mean, I'm yeah. about to do some boning knives with these butchers, and I'm really, really not... I'm looking forward to it, but it's like the requirements are so different than a regular knife. I, I sure. don't, th- I don't particularly think that they're necessary. You know, um, that, that sweep from the knuckle guard up because it's a, a regular cook is never going to be able to sharpen it. Nice. You know, it's, it's no. just it's too hard. There no, are you positions do it like on a wheel or a grinder, something, something. They're just like, they're too tricky to get that radius. Yeah. But, uh, I don't, I don't necessarily think that they're, they're that necessary but i mean i don't i, I actually have a spanish notch i have a, a choil notch spanish notch is uh that's samantha fox's last album by the way nothing <laughs> <laughs> samantha fox jokes all day long nobody's doing <laughs> samantha fox jokes except for us the they number have, one yeah, knife related podcast unique. on the planet it'll be doing the old spanish notch samantha fox <laughs> Just looking on Cameo, and we've got... <laughs> I love it. We've got most, we've got most of the cast from the office that'll do it. Yeah. You know, for what you're talking, forty one dollars, forty one pounds. Yeah, all good. They would hire hire him to do anyway. our reads. You know, I don't think they'll do like commercial reads for you. I think that's slightly a different thing. Mm, that's too bad. We'd have to be very clever. It's like happy birthday to Knife Talk, and we could like edit that out, edit out the bits that we want. You know, you know put it all together. Samantha, I think Samantha. I think Samantha Fox would be real. I mean, it is arrogant that she charges so much, but for some reason it would be funny if she just interviewed. She just like brought up something. This is Samantha Fox. Or hey man, can I ask you a question? Naughty girls need love too. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave that to you then. Jeff. I'm, not you saw that sh- I'm not paying that old hag sixty bucks or, to, for this goddamn podcast. Are you kidding me? All of a sudden, you're going to see it on the full blast podcast. I'm going to do it for that. This is Samantha Fox for the full blast podcast. <laughs> Naughty girls need podcast too. <laughs> <laughs> ah, good old Samantha Fox. God bless you. 
Jeff, what have you got? We've got a question. Um, we'll finish up. This comes from Mark Burchett. When using wood scales, do you all like to book match the grain so the handles look the same on both sides? Or do you like the grain to be lined up so it flows through the handle? Book matched. Mm. Book matched. Yeah, I, I suppose whether you're you're cutting with the grain or you're cutting. It, I suppose it depends on the cut of the of the actual wood as well. Um, but I haven't done many like that. Those sort of those sort of like heirloom quality sort of handles. Most of the wood that I've done has been sort of dyed wood um, mm. for effect. I haven't really done much like iron wood or you know anything like that at all. So I'll leave this one to you guys. Yeah, I. I, I go for the grain, the second option that he was describing, where you leave it so the, uh, I guess where you would split the block, the cut would be against the tang, um, so that the grain flows around the handle seamlessly because I do a lot of contouring. And I, I, underst uh, I think you can do it the other way with the, the cut, or I guess basically the mirror images uh, from the inside mm -hmm. cut of, of splitting the block on the outside if you're not doing a lot of contouring, but if you're doing a lot of heavy contouring, you are going to lose that kind of, kind of mirror image effect. And it's, and, and then I don't know, there's something with my eye. It tweaks me out when I'm looking at the spine or the belly of the knife and, and the grain doesn't continue from one side of the tank to the other. If it's kind of like disjointed or things aren't in alignment, it totally tweaks me out. And so, I always go for the grain kind of continuing uh, in its natural original form. I don't get too bogged down by it I, I, unless it's really if 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 you're off by a lot, you know, like if it's not intentional, it looks weird. Yeah, I don't have much more to go on that. Okay, except there for, we go. Except for Let's... Tiffany, the '80s pop singer Tiffany is going for a hundred dollars. <laughs> That's not bad. Wow. She's in Playboy and songwriter. I think we're alone now. That was it, wasn't it? Yeah. Okay, let's do... <laughs> Craig is sending me nude pictures. Craig is sending me... It's not Craig is sending me... He's sending me naked pictures of people. I don't know why you're It's doing. not a naked picture. I can send it to Morocco right. now, too. Kate it's Flannery from picture. The Office. She's the drunken Meredith. Meredith. $175 <laughs> for fucking Meredith from The Office? That's so arrogant. I can't believe it. 175 Maybe, I guess it's maybe it's just like you don't want to do it and just like people are stupid enough to probably, do it. Probably, yeah. Their manager's probably like, you need to get on there and we need to make some money. And they're like, oh, I really don't want to. Yeah, that's probably Because it. on the Howard Stern show, they're like his whack pack. They're all on cameo, and there's one the one of the best living whack packers is high pitched Eric, and he does seventy five dollars, but he was like making he made like thirty grand a year in fucking cameo thirty forty grand, and he's making people fans were just and he would sit in his bed with his shirt off and he would just read them off, and it was like he made a pile of money. Some people are making a pile of money on cameo. Easy Not money. Kate Flanagan, yeah. she don't want to do it. 175 bucks. That is outrageous. Book a Zoom. Get the fuck out of here. I'll book a Zoom with you. You nuts. Book a Zoom with a... What the fuck? $175 for happy birthday? Get the fuck out of here. Neil Sadaka, musician, $399. You gotta be out of your fucking mind. 
He's, this is the this is this is this is the show. It's it's let's let's, let's, let's is, who's doing <laughs> just, what? That's, is it that's worth it? You're looking at cameo. We're just, <laughs> just reading off look, reading off these assholes on cameo and what they're charging. <laughs> it's ridiculous. You got to be out of your fucking mind. Uh, the soup Nazi, fucking eighty dollars. That's hilarious. Debbie Gibson, two hundred forty nine dollars. Andy Dick, Andy Dick is ninety nine dollars. Lindsay Lohan, $355. Wow. Now, that one is a curious one. That's a curious price, isn't it? Are we done with the should show? We, should we move on with the show? Let's compare and contrast cameo. Oh, my God. Um, Morocco, let's start with you. Oh, let's see. <clears throat> this week, uh, I'm hoping to... So I, the chisels and the chef's knife are going to be kind of on hold until I get handle material figured out for this uh, for this set. Um, I'm, con- I'm talking to a guy over in Wisconsin. I haven't heard anything back. He has not actually, unfortunately, been very good about maintaining communication about whether or not I can source this cowrie wood from him. I don't know if you guys have heard of cowrie wood, but it's an ancient. No. Uh, it's kind of like a. It's kind of like a, along the lines of bog oak, but it's it's these trees that are were buried in uh, something along the lines of bogs uh in tasmania i believe uh or new zealand i can't remember which one it is but they're thousands of years old thousand there i mean a lot of them are older than most bog oak um and so you can get this stuff and but apparently this guy doesn't want to sell it right away so i don't know he i talked to him like a week ago and he said oh i'll go look around and see what i can find and i haven't heard anything from him and i need to keep moving hmm. forward because actually once i get it i got to send it back out to be stabilized um so and who knows how long that's going to take so i really want to figure i've never th- used like any like bog oak either so it, does it still feel like wood Oh yeah, because it's sure. almost like almost like fossilized, I suppose. It's, it still feels mm. like okay, okay. Yeah, I no, it sure. still it still has a wood feel for sure. Um, and then what else? Oh, I'm I'm gonna be uh, so I did these spoons for this auction, but I think I have a, a more material, so I'm gonna uh, whip out some spoons, more of these kind of like a spatula or whatever you want to call them. There's like a mix blend between <laughs> a spoon and a wooden spatula. Um, and so I'm going to work on some of those actually today. That's and, a trademark um, name, by the way. Is it? Spatula. Yeah. From, uh, no, I mean, I'm kidding, but I mean, that's what uh, Boot Hill Kitchen does. It's like all the spatula. Oh, I'll, I'll do a spatuloon. Spatuloon's, yeah. spatuloon. spatuloon's better. Spatuloon's <laughs> a better name. Sorry. Sorry, Kaylee and Jared, but spatuloon might be better. <laughs> oh, anyways. So I'm going to be working on those. Um, also, really quick, I just want to give a shout out to, um, uh, my our friend Kyle Nelson, he's a listener of the show. He does. Uh, you guys were talking about handle scales earlier today, or earlier in the show. He does these incredible mm-hmm. handle scales, but he's got a raffle going on right now. That's kind of a follow up to Veterans Day that helps uh, benefit nonprofits that work with veterans. And so, if you go to his page, he's Flying Shark Knives. Um, he makes knives, but he also does these handle scales, and, and they have a raffle going. They're ten dollars a raffle ticket, and uh, everything. Or see, fifty percent of each is, uh, everything's going to be going to uh, these found foundations. And what he's he's had these people donate knives that they've made to go towards this raffle and stuff, so just to help benefit these uh, veteran associations and nonprofits. So go check out Flying Shark Knives uh, to get more information about that. I'm gonna have a game for us next week. 
I'm definitely going to have a game for us next week. Um, and I'm going to give you a, and I think I probably rip, I'm probably ripping this off from Howard Stern, but it doesn't matter. It just, it would be fun for me. It, it, it's going to be higher or lower on Cameo. And, and, oh my God. And, 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 uh, and you're going to have to guess if their price is higher or lower. And I'm going to give but you a preview. That's price is right, by the way. Fine. But I mean, not with Cameo. Caitlyn Jenner. Is Caitlyn Jenner, to get a cameo from Caitlyn Jenner, higher or lower than $2,000? Lower. Lower. Higher. $2,500. Wow. $2,500. Who's paying that? Oh, Jesus Christ. All right, last one. Yeah, I saw Jim Duggan for $40. All right. Flavor Flav from Pete from Favor. Flavor Flav. I'm cold, so my lips aren't working very well. Flavor Flav from Public Enemy. Higher or lower than $200? Higher. Lower. The answer is $250 higher is correct. Uh, So the last one, the last one is Deborah Messing from the show Will and Grace. She's an actress. Hmm. Is to get a cameo from Deborah Messing, is it higher or lower than $300? Higher. Higher. Yeah, that's right. $350. And then now now the real last one. The real last one. Tony Hawk, professional skateboarder. Oh, professional skateboarder, Hall of Fame skateboarder. Wait, don't don't give us a price. We've got to both guess a price and see who's closest. Okay, go ahead. Tony Hawk, five hundred dollars. Oh, I was gonna say five fifty. Two hundred dollars. That's wow, a bargain. bargain. What a it's a fucking bargain. All right, oh, and then man. the real, the real, real. <laughs> oh my last god! One. This is too much here. fun. This is too much fun. The whole Wu Tang Clan. All of oh, them. Jesus. The Wu- I mean, it says the Wu-Tang Clan. If you want to get a cameo from Wu-Tang Clan, you want higher or lower, you want to guess the price? $600. I want to say $1,000. Still a bargain at three sixty. Wow. wow. This is our new fuck. This might be my new favorite game. <laughs> okay. It's good, right? It's good. Jeff, stop for a second. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Jesus. Take a deep breath. All right, all right, Step all right, away right. from Cameo. All right, all right, all right. So uh, I'm looking forward to getting all these serrated knives in the mail. I just have to, t- Monday is going to be a little easy for me. All I have to do is do a couple coats of wax and then finish the watercolor drawings. Um, I'm psyched about that. And then I might, pardon me, I was. You know, doing the bathroom fart. I'm just kidding. I wasn't doing that. Never mind. I was. Uh, I might go help my sister uh, this week on Wednesday. She's she, her husband died a, a year ago and a little less than a year ago, and she's having some, you know, home problems. But I got to figure out a way to do it so it's you know COVID safe. I care. I got to get back to work. I got to get back to work. I got to do all sorts of stuff. I got to go back on the cameo. <laughs> My week. So I want to uh, finish the rest of the sheaths, get these camp knives out. Um, the packaging is meant to be arriving Monday morning. I've had notifications that it's coming and it's really cool packaging. So I'm really excited for that to come. Um, and I'm actually making a video about um, knife packaging because I've gone through so many iterations of different packaging. Um, and I get loads of questions from people saying, you know, where do I get my packaging and all that kind of thing. So I'm making a video. So that'll be live by the end of the week as well. So, yeah, that's the week. Get these knives out, get this video up, um, and then, yeah, 
I'm, I'm all sort of set then. I've got nothing sort of outstanding with regards to big orders. So then it's moving on to my next model, whatever that'll be. And I've got a couple of ideas, but nothing confirmed yet. So, yeah, it's good. Clearing the decks this week, this week I suppose. There and that go. is a show. Make sure you tune in next week for the cameo special. <laughs> Possibly with Samantha Fox. I doubt it very much, but possibly. I could do one more. I'm trying to find one last one. Come on, one last one. I tell you what. Keep talking. Just keep talking. I'll sign us up. You find find two, and we've got to say which one is worth more. There we go. So, if you've got any questions for us, remember, um, use Instagram, and we are Knife Talk Podcast on Instagram. And it helps out massively if you can head over to whether it's iTunes or whatever you use to listen to the show. Uh, just give us like a, a, a positive review. It really helps. Um, we are part of The Makery, which is a group of um, of podcasts, all for makers. So take a look at makery.network and you will see a bunch of other podcasts. If you like this show, I'm pretty sure you're going to like the other shows as well because they're made for people just like you. <sighs> Radio voiceover. Jeff, what have you got? All right. Rapper and actor Ice T. More or less than three hundred dollars. More. Ooh. I'll say I'll go less. Three fifty. Oof. Here you go. And then the I guess the last one. <laughs> that was a... uh, all right. Oh, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna fade you out, Jeff. So. All right, wait. Last one. Last one. Last one. Last one. Last one. Okay. Um. Dylan Passage. Former uh, husband of the Tiger King. Tiger King. Dylan Passage. So, More. You know what I'm talking about? You know, that's so your one favorite of his show. husbands. Right, One okay. of his husbands. Dylan Passage. God. $30. More or less than $75. Less. More. On the money. $75. That's it. And wow. that's a show. That's I'm a, a hell whole of list a show. Bye for now. next week. If you like this show, take a look at our other shows made for makers just like you at www.makery.network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.